1: IronOverload.io Overload.io hardcore episode 32 speeding right along Steve and the mobster joining me we have another really important podcast and another nutritional podcast and nutrition isn't something talked about enough in the fitness industry a lot of guys out there don't want to talk about it um, but it's very important that we do because there's so many different things out there with nutrition that you can dial in that can really improve your workouts and improve the results you're getting. And this one we're gonna talk about fasting strategies, bulking and cutting. So we're gonna kind of go over ways that you can can fast. And I'm gonna present you guys a lot of studies and a lot of charts and stuff on here to show you how our bodies actually work. And with this knowledge and with this tool, you can kind of better uh, have results when it comes to your nutrition and make your foods actually work more in your favor instead of working against you. So we're going to, it's going to be a really interesting podcast. Definitely. Um, keep, you definitely want to listen to this one. So first let's start out talking about, man, I mean, humans, 2.5 million years, humans have been around on this planet and really the factory age has only been around a hundred years, you know? So why are we kind of today, you know, um, You know, we have all these diseases out there, all these issues out there we didn't have. hundred years ago, people weren't dying of heart attacks. Now you got people dying in their 20s and 30s of heart attacks, really, really young. Um, People have always died of things, you know, like bacterial infections. You know, that was before we had antibiotics. Now we have all this medical advancement. United States, mobster, another year and another drop in life expectancy in the United States. Even though our medical system has... Greatly improved. All right, so and there's the medical industry right now calling me. They wanna, they want, they want me. They want my head on a platter. So, do once you go over how humans have changed over the years,
0: so the stuff. Steve and I were talking about this in the pre-show, and I pointed out stuff. Civilization, as we understand it, it's really only existed for about twenty thousand years. I believe we were cultivating crops probably a little bit longer than that. 30, maybe 40,000 years. But man, as we recognize him, is about a million years, a little bit over a million years now, Steve. So one of the things that we've talked about in previous podcasts still applies. And it's kind of why fasting is actually kind of how genetically we were built. And what do I mean by that, guys? So you all understand that kind of ancient history stuff in that we didn't have a supermarket on the corner. There wasn't in McDonald's way back in the day. Or anything like that you literally you either grew it and before you grew it you hunted for it and you searched for it and that meant that we were incredibly adaptive which is why we're omnivores it means we can eat fruit but we can eat meat and we can eat nuts and we can do all those things but here's the thing guys sometimes that stuff wasn't available you had to go hunt with your buddies there are tribes in the Amazon that still do this you literally went out with your spear with your with your blowgun whatever and you went hunting for food to eat and if that hunt wasn't successful you didn't have any meat that day you might have at best had a bag of nuts hanging off your loincloth or something like that there was times where you know the nuts wasn't available or the nuts on the trees had gone bad and you knew that because one of your buddies was rolling around in the crowd holding his stomach so you didn't eat the nuts that day what does that mean it meant there were days in our prehistory when we went hungry We would have to still go hunt and still go searching for food, but it might take another day. It's also the reason why we kind of be kind of gluttons as well, because we tended to have, what is the the phrase, feast or famine. It meant that when food was available, and I'll use the meat example again, we've we've gone out, we're on a serengeti, and we've managed to bring down an antelope. And we we ate till our bellies were full. And then we carried as much as that while it was still fresh, back to the wives and the kids, back to the women and the children, back to the elders of the tribe. And they had to eat it straight away, otherwise it went off, it went bad. So that meant there were days when you ate well and days when you did not. Now, we don't have to feast. We don't have to have our belly swollen up and then lay down on the ground and sleep that stuff off. But equally, our bodies are quite used to the idea of going without. I mean, good example here, Steve, as well and this is in modern times, guys, never mind ancient times, how quickly we can die from starvation versus how quickly we can die from a lack of water. And It's been talked about. Typically, it would take us a couple of weeks to feel the full-blown I'm going to collapse and it's not good, you need to send me to hospital with extra starvation. But days, like two, maybe three days with water. and We've seen extreme examples again and this isn't just in nature, this is in more recent history, where people have been abandoned, they're on a life raft, they're out in the middle of the ocean, and how long they've gone without food, how long they've gone without water, how much they survived, the effect it's had on their body. So here's, like I said, there's a great example here, and Steve will get into the specifics of why fasting is beneficial, but our bodies are actually set up to be okay with it. And something that we just discussed in the previous podcast, we could talk about the benefits just, just for gut health, and for resetting the metabolism and stuff like that. but you, Steve, in terms of the actual benefits.
1: So let's kind of get over, and we're going to kind of go over some strategies here. But first, it's very important to understand what happens in the body during a fast. And um, a lot of people, you know, they, they don't want to accept this for some reason because it's not what they've been actually taught. So basically, you have an oxidation rate in the body. Um, and a lot of people think that protein is a storage form of energy but it's not it's actually not a storage form of energy at all because think about it Mother Nature as monster said you know we wouldn't have so many humans today if that was if that was the case we would have been gone extinct to such a long time ago if that was the case so um, <clears throat> so that kind of flies in the face of people who say oh my God you got to have protein right after a meal or you're going to lose all your muscle it's going to shrink up so, Oxidation rate of carbs plunges into a fast. That's common sense, right? And then what happens is fat plus ketones actually surges once you start a fast. So once you get that 20 hour mark, that's what happens. Protein, meanwhile, actually goes up slightly at the start and then drops and flatlines. So it's not the case. Where protein plunges, oxidation right up pro- protein plunges. So that flies in the face of what everyone thinks. It's fat and ketones that surge and carbohydrates that, that tank. So you can test this out yourself. You can go to the drugstore and get a ketone strip and piss on that keto strip. If you're 24 or 36 hours into a fast, then you start 48 hours of the fast, three days into a fast. You can piss on it and you'll notice that you're pissing out ketones. So that's proof right there, black and white. So anyone who ever says anything differently, you know, just they can just uh they can they could just try it themselves and you can see proof right there. So now how do we use this to our advantage? One of the best things to do during a recomp, let's say you want to recomp, you want to put on muscle and lose a lot of fat. So one of the studies that was really cool that I came across was a 70-day fast, alternate day fast. And in this one, these subjects ate every other day. So first day they ate, second day they fasted, third day they ate, fourth day they fasted. They kept going for 70 days. So alternate day fast. So during that fasting day, you could just drink water, you know, drink water, no liquid calories, just, just, just water don't try to become uh, – don't get clever with it and drink zero-carb drinks, uh, zero-calorie drinks or anything like that. Just water, guys. That's that's all you need. And these were athletes. These weren't like obese people, okay, which were like 400 pounds, okay? Obviously, we, we can all agree. If you're obese and you fast for a day, you're obviously going to lose a shit ton of weight, you know? But these were people who were athletes. These were seasoned athletes as it is. They were already in really, really good shape. So what happened after the 70 days with they alternate day fast? They lost an average of four centimeters off their waist. That's a lot. But here's the thing. They weren't, they didn't turn into like, like super skinny famine people. They got tighter around the waist where all their abs were like popping out. They lost an average of six kilograms of fat mass during that 70 days. And their fat-free mass was flat. So in that process, they did not lose muscle. They did not lose muscle. Their waist circumference went from 109 down to 105, so four centimeters. Their fat mass went from 43 down to 38. Their BMI went from 33.7 down to under 32. And their body weight went from 96 down to 90 in the process. So they lost six kilograms, and all that was fat. Fat free mass. This is this is really cool, monster. They went from fifty two from fat free mass, which is muscle, to fifty two point eight, and that was on their feed day. So when they broke that fast, uh, when they on their feed day on day sixty nine, they were at fifty two point eight. On their fast day, which is day seventy, which is the last day of the fast, they were fifty one point nine. So they were flat to up when it came to muscle on their frame so imagine losing six kilograms of fat mass and holding on to your muscle how will your body look and losing four centimeters off your waist that is that is really really nice and and they did this simply by keeping the same diet that they were on they didn't do anything fancy with their diet either They kept the same diet that they had been on, which was a decent diet, but they just ate every other day. And it's not hard to do. So that's one really, really, really good strategy that you guys can do to do it. Now I'm going to give you day 40. So let's say you just want to do this for 40 days, or even you want to do this for 14 days. Even if you just did it for 40 days, their waste dropped three centimeters in 40 days so if you didn't want to go the full 70 days you could do it for 40 days which is a little over a month three centimeter drop in waist circumference fat-free mass dropped two kilograms and then their body weight overall dropped around two and a quarter kilograms and their fat-free mass Stayed flat. And in some subject, it was slightly up, and in some subject it was slightly down. So you could do it for 40 days and still have really, really good results. But if you wanted to push to 70 days, you would get an extra centimeter off your waist. That's really good, mobster. Um, that's really, really good. That's a really good way. And plus, the health benefits are tremendous. We've talked about health benefits of fasting before, right off the bat, autophagy, you know, recycling of your cells really, really looks good. So this is a really good strategy that I implement myself a lot. And I'll do this for a month, month and a half while well, alternate day fast. I also do a lot of prolonged fasting, five days, 10 days or, or longer uh, prolonged fast as well. So that's really, really good. And a lot of people that I've talked to who have tried this have actually lost a lot of weight. Um, we're talking 20, 30 pounds they've lost in a month and a half and kept their muscle in the process. So you look If you look in the mirror, it looks like you gained a shit ton of muscle because you've lost all that fat. So it's really, really is going to transform your body really, really. So try that. That's a really good benefit. Now, another another thing I want to talk about is the fasting benefits and how they kind of come up because this is going to lead to our next fasting strategy, which is time-restricted eating. So at the 10-hour mark, that's when autophagy and your HCH starts increasing and that will increase your HGH will increase for three days, basically straight up. So you'll get a lot of HCH boost. You got, to, you get a lot of autophagy boost. So that's one of the key reasons why you're not losing muscle during a fast is your human growth hormone levels in your body are spiking so much. Now 20 hour mark That's when you start getting your intestinal stem cells start regenerating. And that's when you start getting the other benefits of immune system and musculoskeletal stem cells. So, you'll actually, in your muscles and in your gut, you'll actually start recycling cells. So, that's gonna help you build more muscle as well, because now you're gonna have fresh muscle cells and you're gonna recycle out the older cells. Very, very important. So, if you've not fasted in years, Think about it. Your muscle cells are old. So imagine recycling those muscle cells. You have to fast for at least 20 hours for that to start happening. And they do skyrocket. They will skyrocket and then start flatlining around day three, day four. So if you want to really take advantage of this, do a nice three-day fast, and that will get you the benefits of getting those those cells regenerated. Now, in terms of weight loss and ketones, that's going to really start kicking in uh, for some people it's going to be a lot quicker but some most of you out there it might take a good 26 to 30 hours for for that to start happening where you're actually going to start pissing out ketones and from there it just it gets it just elevates and never comes back down um so that's what happens um when you are fasting now on the flip side a lot of people worry about blood sugar oh my god my blood sugar is going to go down But that's actually not what happens. What happens when you're fasting, your blood sugar will tick down and flatline, tick down and flatline, tick down and flatline, and then flatline the rest of the way during a fast, during a prolonged fast. It won't just keep dropping and dropping and dropping unless you're on top of some type of diabetes medication. So that is important. Uh, to understand. A lot of people worry about that. They're like, oh my God, my blood sugar is going to go to zero. I'm going to go into diabetic shock or whatever. No, that's not what happens unless you're on the medication, obviously. So knowing this, how would we implement time restricted eating and get these benefits of having, you know, our, our cells and our muscles regenerate and all that good stuff. So one of the ways that we can do it is we can aim to fast at least 20 hours. So an option for you would be to do a 24 to 36 hour fast, then break the fast. So you could do that basically once a week. Do a 24 to 36 hour fast once a week. And then that would give you the benefits right there. Another way you could kind of take advantage of autophagy and get some ACH boosting would be time-restricted eating on a daily basis. where you are only eating between a two and six hour window. Now, some of you are going to go eight hours. You'll do 16 hour fast, eight hour eating window. And that seems to be a very popular uh, way to do time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting. But I'm telling you that that's not good enough. It really would be more beneficial to try to eat. If you do the the eight hour, that's fine. But I would really squeeze it down a two hour and four hour um, on, on certain days as well. So basically, the way I do it, is every day I time-restricted eat, and then I'll throw in some prolonged fast here and there, and then I'll do some alternate day fasting over the course of a month or two. And then that really keeps me lean and mean year-round. So, Mobster, yeah, jump in anytime um, yeah, you want to comment.
0: I'll just think it's for example, how do you feel when you fasted? How do you, I mean, this is the thing people can't get around, and you've touched on it a little bit. What's your energy levels like? How do you feel at certain points during the fasting protocol
1: so if you're new to fasting it's normal you're gonna feel a little weird because what happens is you've got such a crack addiction to food and a lot of people eat for emotional reasons especially females but a lot of men do too um i know a lot of people they've gone through a stressful situation where you know they've had uh, they lost their job or they had a relative who's been sick and they eat themselves to death basically because of that emotional response. So you have to kind of, you have ghrelin, okay, which is going up and down, right, throughout the day. So if you're fasting, you feel like, oh my God, I have to eat, I have to eat. Just be patient, go for a walk, get your mind off of things. And that will, that sensation will go away because your ghrelin will spike and then come right back down after about 15 minutes. So if you just hold off for 15 minutes, you won't feel hungry anymore. And, um, and that's, that's really, you know, a good tip right there and, um, something to realize. So uh, you have to remember, and, and my old co-op, uh, um, co-host, uh, Rick he used to tell me this all the time with, and this is what he tells people. And it's kind of rude to say this. So just be careful who you tell it to, but he used to say to people, he's like, look, you have energy on your body, all that fat in your belly. You can grab your belly right now. And you feel that fat that's energy on your body, that your body has to tap into for you to lose to, to lose fat in the first place that's energy so you've got a lot of energy on your body to use that's stored so you know what happens you know during the early stages of fasting when we first get into it you're gonna feel like oh my god i'm hungry i'm hungry but it's not really hunger it's just you're so addicted to food so you just got to kind of push through that just like any addiction now what happens in a prolonged fast after you're fasting for a few days Your energy levels are sky high because think about it. Your body's not using all that energy to process and digest food. So, all that energy has nowhere to go. So, when I was doing a prolonged fast, I did my, the longest prolonged fast I did was 19 days. I was, my energy was sky high. Like, I could not contain my energy. I also noticed I was sleeping less. And the reason you sleep less is your body needs less rest during a fast because your body is doing less work having to digest food. Uh, A big percentage of the the energy your body uses throughout the day is digesting food, 50, 60, 70% even. And some of you, the way your diets are, it's even higher than that. (laughs) So you can harness that energy in other ways. So you're going to want to work out like non-stop your energy is going to be crazy but you shouldn't work out non-stop because you don't have those you're using those electrolytes from the food so keep your l- workouts if you want to work out during your fast keep your workouts light and keep them brief so instead of doing a 50 minute workout i would do a 30 or 35 minute workout when i would go weight train
0: something else steve i mean part of the uh, topic title for this uh, podcast is bulking, so talk about how fasting benefits bulking. So I had a couple of IFBB pros I used to interview and they started
1: getting into fasting. They used to hate fasting. they used to think it was a joke. They started getting into it. They started reading up on it. And there's a lot of now guys like Thomas DeLauer on YouTube is really, really good. Talks about it. Thomas DeLauer is not a small guy. He is a huge muscular beast and he does fasting on a daily basis. So, why is that? And I, when I interviewed the IFBB guy, I asked them, I was like, how are you so huge And you intermittent fasting? People don't understand that. Big Rami and Hadi Chupa, These these are the guys who've won the Mr. Olympia the past three years. They do a lot of fasting. How are they so huge if fasting is only for skinny guys, right? Well, here's the thing. What I talked about earlier, the way it regenerates your cells in your muscles, it's going to make your muscles bigger over time because of that. You're able to recycle fresh cells into your muscle. So a really good strategy if you want to build more muscle. Now you got to remember, bulking and building muscle have the whole term bulking has been bastardized. We always think we think of bulking of going on a steroid cycle and eating at the buffet, you know, three yeah. times a day and gaining 20 or 30 pounds of fat and water. And that to us is bulking, but that's not really bulking. Bulking to me is building muscle. So if you want to build muscle, fasting is a great way to build good new quality muscle. And the way you would do it is, is do time restricted eating every day, two to six hour window, eat good quality foods, or you could even do the alternate day fasting, what I talked about earlier. So basically what you would do day one fast, day two, three meals, Good quality meals, no snacking in between, but three good quality meals. Then the third day, go to go back to fasting, and alternate day fasting. Over that time, you'll actually keep or gain a little muscle tissue in the process. Again, in this study, it was muscle tissue they measured. It wasn't muscle. on uh, when I did my prolonged fast, I was flat. It took me about two or three days for my muscles to plump back. and then they looked huge. I put up pictures on this. They looked huge after they plumped back because what happens is all that glycogen in the muscle is gone, all that water in the muscle is gone. Most of our muscle is made up of water. So it's very deceiving for anybody to say fasting causes you to lose muscle. It does not. And I talked about it earlier when I told you that it doesn't. It doesn't cause muscle loss, but what, what you will lose, the way our bodies are set up, your body is going to attack fat stores first. So the only way you're going to lose muscle when you're fasting is if you're under two or 3% body fat, that's when you would lose muscle. So if you're less than two or 3% body fat fasting will definitely go after your muscle. Yes. But if you're anything above that, I mean, you're 15% body fat and you do a fast, you're not going to lose muscle. Your body's going to go after the fat stores first. That's just the way our bodies are set up. That's how we've survived for years volcanoes hurricanes tornadoes climate changes um viruses the plague over there in Europe mops or ancestors went through the plague I'm sure and they managed ma- magically survived the plague how did they do it because they were able to fast and get through it and they've been through a lot of stuff over there and in, in, in Europe they went have how many famines has Ireland I read stories about Ireland going through a famine so many times over the past 500 years I mean how did that happen go ahead yep
0: Something that's just occurred to me, and you mentioned Big Rami and uh, Hadi Chupan just now, Steve. Uh, let me, I'm, I, I'm not a big person on religion. I'm not very religious at all. But I will touch on this because it's a simple fact, and the way that Steve just mentioned it. Something like a billion to a billion and a half people, it may even be higher than that, are Muslims or follow the Islamic faith in, in this world of ours. And as Steve said, there is a time uh, of the year when they fast and if fast, they fast, I believe it moves through the year and uh, it's for about 30 days. And as they said already, they the, the rules are thus. At certain times of year, it's easier than other times of year. But the rules are quite simple. You don't eat after dawn and you don't eat again until after dusk. So in the summertime, that's like crazy 16, 17, 18 hours. In the winter time, it's a lot easier. It's 10 hours. And so obviously it moves through the year. It's easy. But that's a billion and a half people coping with not eating for anywhere between 10 and 18 hours a day. And that is every damn year, every year and for thousands of years. And that's arguably in what we would call modern society, certainly since society started and certainly since religion started. And there are other elements, even in other faiths where we see, for example, times of feasting and festivals so yeah. and so on and so forth. Christian famous.
1: Orthodox and Icaria, we, yeah. we talked about yeah. in the
0: Blue Zone, they fast for 200 even, days even of the year. Christmas Christmas is arguably a winter festival, pagan in origin, where there would be little food to eat if you didn't have it gathered in from the crops and stored underground or preserved, you went without. that. So the whole thing of Christmas is centered around a winter festival where we would feast. That also means we were going with revert. if you didn't have the food stored you went with that. so the uh, the argument becomes strong I said earlier on in terms of human biology it is actually kind of normal for us it's only and I'll tell you what it is, Steve that's kind of made it a- abnormal especially from the bodybuilding weightlifting iron game point of view it's- Right. so yeah and I said there's a lot bunch you- of These are hard physical jobs they're doing, and they're having a a calorific breakfast in the morning, and then not unusual, Steve, to do a 12-hour shift in a hard physical job, and then eating at the end of the day. Now, I've done hard physical jobs. I'm sure you have in the past. And you think it's going to be absolutely awful. And the first... So, guys, your body is incredibly adaptable when it's surprising the amount of work that you can do and only eating two meals a day and having essentially what amounts to a 12, sometimes even a 14. Talk about the things that you shouldn't do when you're fast and steep.
1: So very, very important. Um, look, sweating when you're if you're in a deep fast and you start sweating, you can get yourself into trouble. There was a guy in California. Where he did um he got a lot of people together, a big group, they did a lot of yoga, they did fasting, they did all that that cool stuff, uh, hippie stuff. and then he had them go into the sauna. and it was a huge mistake because when you're in a fast, this is just just lack of experience on his part. and he had it got really, really bad uh, become a huge medical issue because when you're in a fast, your electrolytes, a lot of the food a lot of the hydration we get is from our food. So we don't have that. It's very, very important to hydrate when you're fasting, especially on a prolonged fast, and they weren't hydrated enough, and they also were sweating out too much. So if you sweat too much, if you get diarrhea really bad, if you have really bad, med- anything medically that's going on that's really out of control, you need to break your fast. And the quickest way to break your fast is just some, some uh, tropical fruits Really is a really good idea because they're full of fiber and water. Um, you don't want to break a fast with the wrong thing. Like don't break your fast eating a pizza, for example. I mean, come on. I mean, it's common sense. Um, it's not going to end well for you. It's normal when you break a fast to get diarrhea because your gut has been shut down. Your, 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 uh, digestive system has been shut down because you're fasting. Right. And that's a good thing. It gets shut down. It's like the factory closes and we're, you know, we're doing, we're fixing everything in the factory. It's the same thing. Your gut shuts down and starts fixing everything. So when you break the fast, um, when you, if it's, if you're doing a, like at least a two or three day fast, it's normal for you to have some diarrhea after you break a fast. So it, it will, uh, work itself out. You don't have to like freak out and take diarrhea medication or anything. It will go away. So but you want to make sure you're consuming things that are easy to digest that first couple days after you break a fast. Um, now Things on a fast that you should not be consuming. Now, a lot of people don't understand this, but vitamins, multivitamins, do not take multivitamins in a fast. You're you're defeating the purpose of the whole idea behind a fast, which is to devoid your body of of multivitamins, devoid your body of, of vitamins. And the 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 whole idea behind a fast is to make your body stronger. So if you're fasting and you're going ahead and giving your body vitamins at the same time you're not helping it. It'd be like in school, uh, taking a test and having the kid next to you, give you all the answers. It kind of defeats the purpose of what you're trying to do here, which is trying to make yourself better. Right. Um, so basically what happens is SIRTs are longevity genes that get triggered while fasting. So if you take an antioxidant, it blocks that trigger effect and the vitamin takes over. So this is this is what I wrote on the forum. So the body becomes weaker, cause it, the, cause it is depending on the vitamin and not the actual body cells to do the work. So think about it. You know, it's not sometimes in, in, in nutrition, it's not what you think it's, sometimes it's the opposite. In this case, it's the opposite. Cause a lot of people have told me like, Steve, you're crazy. You fasted for 10 days. You didn't take any vitamins. Your body needs vitamins. I said, no, your body doesn't need vitamins. You're actually able to absorb vitamins in the future a lot better when you're fasting and not using vitamins, it's it's about teaching, it's about training your body. Another thing, too, BCAs. A lot of guys take BCAs on a fast because like, oh my god, I wanna lose, I don't wanna lose muscle. You're not gonna lose muscle when you're fasting unless you're two percent body fat, you won't lose muscle. Okay, so BCAs are a huge mistake because studies have shown your amino acids circulate more in the body while on ketosis. So you're kicking yourself out of ketosis by using BCAAs. You're actually lowering them out by supplementing them. So this is very, very important um, to avoid BCAAs. You should be avoiding any supplementation on a fast. Let your body fast with nothing thrown at it. Um, coffee and tea, This is this is one debatable. Now, I think we can all agree adding sugar to your coffee and drinking it on a fast is going to break your fast. But some people are going to say it's okay to have coffee. It's okay to have a tea on a fast. I'm here to tell you it's not. Coffee and tea still have nutrients in them. They still have calories, albeit a very small amount. So if you really want to get the most out of your fast, you want to avoid coffee and tea. But some of you out there are so fucking addicted to coffee that you can't even go a half a day without coffee. So in your situation, a little bit of of, of just plain coffee diluted, make sure you're hydrating after. The big mistake with coffee that you're going to have is coffee is a diuretic. It's going to dehydrate you. So if you're doing a prolonged fast and drinking coffee on a prolonged fast, it's, it can be dangerous. Also it's elevating your heart rate, which also can be dangerous on a fast because on a fast, you're going to have different periods where your heart rate is elevated. And that's normal with me. When I wake up in the morning, my heart rate gets elevated while when I'm doing a prolonged fast and that's adrenaline, that's adrenaline. That's my body saying, "Go find food." It's flight or fight. So, if you're drinking coffee plus your heart rate's already elevated, that can be dangerous. So, please don't do that. So, mobster, yeah, you wanted to talk about toxins. Go ahead. You're on mute. Go ahead and unmute yourself. Yeah.
0: One more question for you, Steve. And actually, I mean, I've I've talked about what you just said with regards to fasting. I'm not someone who fasts regularly, but when I see the question come up, for me, it's water, and that's it. But one more thing, and this is something that occasionally comes up, and fasting's thrown out there at the same time. And that's this idea of what we call, quote-unquote, cleansing the body of toxins. And the only way that we, quote-unquote, get rid of toxins is arguably through fasting. What do you think?
1: Yeah. So this is what I tell people, you know, when it comes to their immune system, when they get sick or whatever, the best thing you can do is just stay the fuck out of your body's way. Same thing with weight training. You just got done with a weight training session. Stay the fuck out of its way. After a weight training session, you're going to go do construction for eight hours. You're going to go and go to the fast food joint and eat a a, a meal that's going to stress out your body. You just wasted your entire workout when you do that. It's very important to rest and repair the best thing you do after your workout is nap because you want your body to rest and repair while we sleep. That's when our body rests and repairs. Same thing with fasting. Stay the fuck out of its way when you're fasting. Just water. Now, if you want to add a little salt to your drink, that's okay. Because you're lacking that salt that you normally get from your food. So if you add a little salt during a fast, that's fine. That will kind of give you a little taste and won't break your fast and won't affect your fast. So the best way. To get rid of your toxins is fasting. As you're fasting, even when I did a 19-day fast, I was still having bowel movements, albeit they slowed down tremendously as the fast went on. And then when you urinate, you're urinating a lot of those toxins out of your body. Those fat cells, those ketones are coming out of your body very rapidly. So, but I was still having bowel movements. Even 10, 12 days into my fast, I was still having bowel movements. That just shows you how much toxins and crap that your body still is getting rid of, even though I wasn't consuming any food for 10 or 12 days. So very, very important to do that. And boy, do you feel great after a 19 day fast? I'll tell you that. Go ahead. You're on You're on mute again. Yeah.
0: One of the things that I actually looked at uh, it was regards to the science to do with, again, I think I've mentioned in previous podcasts, my body's having problems of uh, Crohn's and colitis. And I looked into what's called transit time of food. So something Steve just mentioned there before we finish, which is actually important and plays a part in the whole fasting process. So transit time is essentially the time that the food takes to go from, and I'll be crude here, Steve, from your mouth to your arsehole, how long it takes to pass through, be digested and utilised, and then what's left, excreted. And this medically is called transit time. For some people, and especially those with certain uh, medical conditions and including when the parts of the intestinal gut have been removed, transit time can be as little as, in those circumstances, minutes. But The, the shortest normal time, and this is absolutely crazy, Steve, it's not average, but it's, with the normal circumstances, a normal health is as little as four hours. However, it can also be at the other end, and this is where the great legendary stories of how long it takes to digest a certain amount of steak came from but in reality it was just an extreme example in a few individuals it can be as long as two weeks so you got from a quarter or a fraction of the day and again it's someone with no medical issues so as long as two weeks for some foods to pass through be digested utilized and or the waste products excreted in the body so what steve says when he talks about fasting that's the reason why he will still have in bowel movements and that if you think about it steve That's even a longer example than I just said, because what is coming out of him after 19 days, it's not the water and it's not the sodium. It's still whatever was left of the lower part of his bowel, the parts of his stomach that was being cleansed and removed from the body. So this is where I said about the toxin issues, and people talk about doing this drink or taking that pill or or wearing these pads on your feet and it's going to remove toxins from your body. That is basically 99.9% bullshit. You've removed toxins in your body, the undigested stuff, the stuff that's still in your body, the parts of your stomach that hasn't been cleansed for years because you're constantly, as Steve said earlier on, throwing crap, poor fast food, etc. And to get rid of all of that stuff can be, in Steve's example, as long as 19 days. And in the examples that I was talking about, as long as two weeks. Most of us are going to be somewhere in the middle which is, say, a week to 10 days for certain kinds of food and for certain excretions still to take place. So that's just to give an example in terms of toxins and and the undigested matter and things that need to be removed from your stomach. But it's also a great indication of how the body works in absorbing nutrients. And again, why would you want to have some partly digested, highly processed burger and bun and some disgusting salt or a, a, a nutrient poor, highly covered ingredients that you barely can name, let alone know what they are, and a bunch of additives sitting in there, festering away for want of a better phrase, and taking, in the case of the examples we just used, two weeks or even 19 days to come out. That's just crazy. But even if it was the normal, it's still a week to 10 days, it's still hours and hours and hours, even in the stuff that you do well with. And a super super clean diet and that's in the normal set of circumstances so i mean steve's mentioned something right at the beginning of the podcast which i think was tr- true and i suddenly remember this and funny enough it's actually becoming more and more studied and more and more important in nutrition and he was talking about bacteria the stuff that covers our body from our eyelashes to our hair to the skin and so on and so forth we have come some some ways super obsessed with cleanliness but in fact we have a ton not literally a ton but billions of friendly bacteria on and in our body, the mucous membranes of our eyes, but especially when we're talking about gut health. And there's an argument, Steve, to be made, when I think you've touched on it a little bit, with what you could call the resetting of the body. In other words, it's like, again, and I use this analogy before when we were talking about if it fits your macros, using a high-performance sports car or any car. And what do you do with cars? You you change the oil, you clean the filters, uh, and you 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 put air into the tires, you do a bunch of things to serve as a but we very rarely do that with ourselves, and especially we very rarely do that when it comes to fasting and gut health. And it's, as I said, it's actually becoming a very important strategy, specifically gut health, uh, in terms of uh, aspects of nutrition, of sports nutrition, which we like to talk about here, uh, as a way of benefiting us as athletes. So that, that's just something to be aware of, guys, and you should need to think about this stuff in the future. When it comes to fasting, if you've got any questions, Steve is our go-to fasting guy. He's done a bunch of articles, answers his question on the subject all the time. Please come on the forum, and especially when it comes to these podcasts, give us feedback. If you've got questions for Steve on fasting, he has studies up to the armpit. No problem with Stevie He has a bunch of studies just for this podcast. So give Steve a shout. Hit him up for uh, 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 interviews and so on and so forth. Check that their, their stuff out. He is our go-to guy and he's the fasting expert on the forums. Please note we are not doctors and the opinions on the shows are ours. It's our view It's based on our experience and views on the topic. A podcast for informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.